RPN is not responsible for the views, actions, statements, or opinions of its guests, advertisers, or even its viewers. The information contained in this program is not to be confused with medical or legal advice. An appearance on this platform is not necessarily an endorsement, but as always, we encourage you to do your own research. Enjoy the show. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Red Pill News Live. Artsy Joan, you didn't realize I was on Rumble? <laughs> well, glad to have you here. Thank you very much for joining us. We have a lot to discuss today. I just had a, a scintillating conversation with my friends Adel and Frank over on Badlands Media and 412 Productions. If you're joining us from that channel, then welcome. Thank you very much for being here. It's been a bad week for Democrats and enemies of America in a number of different ways. We're going to go through all of it. Also had a conversation with those guys about the actions of Congress, <laughs> uh, they have done something which defies logic, and uh, we got to talk about that first thing. Uh, also, Southern Poverty Law Center, they're making their first statement about what's going on in Israel. And of course, we got to talk about the various situations President Trump is facing in his numerous court cases. So if you're just rolling in, please do me a favor, hit that like button. If you wouldn't mind sharing the show, making a comment in the bottom of the video and sit back, relax to grab your popcorn. We're going to be right back after this. So recently I've told you guys about a breakthrough new anti-aging remedy that I've been using that keeps me energized all day long. I just take a teaspoonful of C60 Evo olive oil in the morning and I notice better mental focus, flexibility, and physical endurance. Now it's rare to feel improvements this quickly. I also end up sleeping deeper at night, so it's really helpful. Their peptide and ESS60 hair and lotion renewal formulas are exceptional because they really work. And C60 Evo's lab has been manually manufacturing this Nobel Prize winning miracle molecule for 32 years in their Houston, Texas Patriot-owned lab. ESS60 is the upgraded version of the carbon 60 molecule. It's specifically made for both people and pets. It's a potent and effective way for people's lives to be improved all around the world. So maximize your health and enjoy noticeable results with C60 Evo organic edible oils, skin serums, and pet products. You can buy with confidence from C60 Evo, and you can use my personal code for a discount at checkout. Simply go to c60evo.com forward slash redpill78, and then when you're there, use code redpill78 for an additional 10% off your entire order. Once again, that's c60evo.com forward slash redpill78, and when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. 
Yes, when you support the sponsors of this program, you support my ability to continue broadcasting and bringing you guys truth, news, and information on a nearly daily basis. I am on the air Monday through Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern with this program, Red Pill News Live, and then Fridays and Saturdays from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern, where I do Friday and Saturday night live streams. It is an interview call-in format program where I interview uh, patriots and interesting people, oftentimes not necessarily people who I fully agree with, but I still find interesting and I want to know where they're coming from and why they think the things they do. And then in the second half of that program, we open the phones for calls from viewers just like you. And uh, during the week, it's my time to just hang out and chill with you guys. Thank you so much for keeping the chat busy. Uh, Yes, I did have time to take a potty break between shows. Uh, I started one minute late as a result of that, but never you mind. We're going to be going through a lot of material today. So thank you, everyone who is here. Thank you if you've shared the show. Thank you if you hit that like button. If you're over there on the Foxhole or you're over there on uh, Getter or Rumble, I thank you for hanging out with us today. Now, uh, there is a lot going on across the world right now. I I don't think that anybody could argue with that. But one of the most exciting things for me, and this is a subject that came up yesterday, because uh, we've been kind of slow rolling these investigations into Joe Biden and his criminal family network ever since he came to Washington, D.C. And for some people, it's going too slow. But my argument has always been that the attention span and memory of the average American is unfortunately rather short. And that's not a commentary about average IQ or intelligence. It's simply a commentary about the speed of the news cycle. There's always some new shiny object to grab the attention of the viewer and take them down a different path. A path quite often that the deep state, uh, that the the new world order and their global intelligence apparatus and, and their allies in the mainstream media want you to take. They don't want you to pay attention to the stuff that really matters. And for me, the crimes of the Biden family are one of the most important subjects that we could be discussing. If you've been watching me since my YouTube days, then you know I got deleted from YouTube in the wake of the revelations surrounding the Hunter Biden laptop. I had uh, several videos come out over the course of two days that did gangbusters. So many hundreds of thousands of people watched those videos because it was a subject that many people out there were unwilling to touch. It was only us in the alternative media that were willing to go there. Well, as the crimes have mounted, as the investigations have become more voluminous and more fleshed out, more information has been revealed, the crimes of the Biden family are now front page news nearly every single day. And as we move closer to the election in 2024, those crimes will continue to mount, the investigations will continue to mount, and the evidence to support the things we've been talking about for years at this point will become undeniable. And I would have to say that at this time, I feel like we have essentially gotten there. So now what the mission will be between this point and the election of 2024 is to continue to drive this nail into the minds of the people who are either on the fence or who haven't fully realized the extent of these criminal actions that we're talking about. Now, 
the investigations that have been revealed have shown hush money payments. They've shown uh, pay to play payments. They've shown foreign interest intelligence and business payments. The Biden crime family's only product has been their name and their willingness to sell U.S. foreign policy for a fee. And at this point, it is plain as day, clear as the driven snow, as they say. No one is disputing the fact that the Bidens were peddling their influence. If you go back to the 2020 election cycle, Joe Biden was very angry. He refused to address any of these issues. He called it conspiracy. He called it lies. The mainstream media derided and defamed President Trump for talking about this stuff. We were called conspiracy theorists. They took away our platforms because our speech was dangerous, not because it was untrue, not because it was a lie, not because we were trying to grift people, but because we were trying to educate people. And that narrative was so dangerous, they could not abide by it even existing. They had to relegate us to the darkest corners of the internet. And now look at us. YouTube is dying. Twitter is owned by Elon Musk, and I'm back on that shit. <laughs> Pardon my language. Things have really turned around. And I want people to appreciate that as we continue to move forward. Yes, there are still massive problems taking place. There are still insurmountable hurdles for us to cross over. But we are moving forward. And this is great news here. The awakening of the American people, the awakening of the global community. I don't know. Did you guys watch Altered State last night with Brad and I? We played a video of one of the leaders of a migrant caravan, one of the illegal alien caravans coming up to the southern border. And he said Joe Biden's asleep at the wheel. He has completely dropped the ball on illegal immigration. The world because of Joe Biden's weakness, has weaponized illegal immigration against the United States of America, and Joe Biden's letting it happen. A stunning admission for somebody who's taking advantage of it. He said, I may not have liked Trump, but at least Trump knew what to do. He knew what to say to make sure that what's taking place now didn't happen. Joe Biden's not a leader. He's never been a proponent or an advocate for the people of this country. He's only ever been an advocate for himself and his family. And the House investigations that are currently taking place to present evidence of this influence peddling these bribery schemes against the Biden crime family are opening eyes and seeping into the consciousness of people all around the world. Now, a lot of people were less than enthusiastic about the Republican majority, saying that, well, it was a slim majority. It was going to be difficult for us to get anything done. But I'd say that during the time of Joe Biden's presidency and and uh, and our slim majority of the House, uh, there have been a, an incredible number of investigations and revelations to expose Joe Biden and his criminal network within his family. We've got Hunter Biden's million dollar a year payments coming from Burisma. We've got Ukraine, essentially one of the most corrupt nations on planet Earth, deeply involved with the Biden's family criminal network. We've got Joe Biden boasting about getting the prosecutor in charge of an investigation into his son's energy company fired and kicked out. 
simply so that he could continue to engage in those criminal actions. He had him bragging about it on stage. I remember before he was president playing that on this channel and being told by leftists on Twitter and in the comments on YouTube that that meant nothing. Oh, Joe Biden's just talking about doing his job. No, he, he was talking about criminal obstruction of an investigation into his son who had no experience working in the energy industry, who was soaking up $83,000 a month, getting paid to essentially just have his name on the board at Burisma while his father was trading and influence peddling, managing U.S. foreign policy based upon the whims of a oligarch who owned that energy company. All of it paid for by the American taxpayer. That's Joe Biden in a nutshell, guys. You've also got all of those payments coming and going, millions of dollars finding their ways into the coffers of various members of the Biden family. People from China, Russia, uh, countries that are not friendly to the United States. We've got a direct link from communist China on numerous occasions to the Biden crime family. We've got direct links from Russia. Do you remember Russia, Russia, Russia? When the Democrats went on all of their programs on the mainstream media, the talking heads constantly assailing our ears with the same tired talking points. Donald Trump is run by Putin. What was it that that uh, that jerk on uh, late night said that Donald Trump's mouth was uh, a holster for Putin's unit? He said it in a, a, a much more direct fashion, but I don't want to. Uh, 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 grace the airwaves with that swill. Millions and millions of dollars coming from foreign entities that are not friendly with the United States. And at the same time that that money was flowing into the coffers of the Biden crime family, they were attacking Donald Trump. It's all Paul projection. Every single crime they've ever accused Donald Trump of committing and never been able to prove because he never did it was committed by them. If it wasn't the Bidens, it was Hillary. If it wasn't Hillary, it was the Obamas. If it wasn't the Obamas, it was Nancy Pelosi and her husband. If it wasn't Donald Trump, it was Adam Schiff. Adam Schiff, Eric Swalwell, who can't hold his ass closed on national television, sleeping with Chinese spies. Who's the ones? Who's the ones who are really controlled by foreign interests? I mean, you know the answer to that. But now so many more people know the answer to that as well. There is more information, more evidence to come. And James Comer has been a stalwart defender of truth and freedom. I, I, I got to say, I am very happy with James Comer and the work that he's been doing on that committee. And more information is going to be brought to the forefront. More criminal payments, more direct evidence of actual crimes are going to be revealed. And that is a powerful tool in the awakening of the American people. Powerful tool. I can't overstate that. So Comer was speaking ab about these ongoing investigations, and he said, I could have issued a subpoena weeks ago, but we didn't have the bank records. Now we have the bank records. This is going towards the timeline. That timeline is very important you know, I, I think that a lot of times people are looking at these investigations from the outside in saying, well, if it was me, I would do it this way. Well, unfortunately, when you're dealing with a large bureaucracy, 
when you're dealing with a number of different federal agencies that are all working with their own agendas on their own timelines, oftentimes working to subvert the investigation into the Biden crime family, it's difficult. It takes time. But now that they've got those records, it's a different story. It's a majorly different story. He said, nobody knew when we started this investigation that there were 20 shell companies. No one knew that 10 of the Biden family members were receiving money from an influence peddling scheme. Now they do. No one knew that these shell companies had dozens and dozens of bank accounts in each shell company. They've got it all, guys. They have everything they need to create the the most epic whiteboard you've ever seen, showing the network of $100,000 given to Joe Biden by his brother the same day he gets a $600,000 wire from that failing health company, who he told, because of his brother, he could get Middle Eastern investors. It's undoubted that Joe Biden benefited. I mean, it's plain as day. You've got to see it. And you're not the only ones. Everybody else is seeing it as well. All of these bank documents, and there's more to come. All of these individuals that are going to be called forward to testify. How do they how, how do they really rationalize and defend the money that they're receiving, the payments that they're giving to Joe Biden? How, how do they do that when for so long they, they were trying to draw this direct link between Russia or other foreign interests and Donald Trump? Never could do it. But now they're going to have their words thrown right in their face. Dozens and dozens of bank accounts with 20 different shell companies. How many average, how, how many families have 20 shell companies? I mean, I understand that, you know, there are uh, like ways to do business, right? And you'd be a fool if you didn't maximize your, uh, your, your tax burden. But when you have 20 shell companies, guys, there's only one reason to do that. It's because you are laundering money. And you launder money because you're receiving money through sources that are ill-gotten, ill-gotten gains. And that's exactly what the Biden crime family is doing. We also now know, just as we suspected that the FBI, that the DOJ, that the IRS, and any other number of federal agencies, Treasury, take your pick. They all knew exactly what the Bidens were doing. And where the hell were they? They were asleep at the freaking wheel. And it's not like they were just incompetent. No, my friends, this is corruption. This is corruption of the highest order. They knew exactly what was going on. And they looked the other way. Because you don't step to the king unless you've got a 100% clear shot to take his head off. Well, my friends, Joe Biden ain't much of a king. But he's about to lose his head. So I hope you feel good about the situation we're in because I do. Now, I'm sure you all remember in 2020 as Joe Biden was barely campaigning, he would stop at a a UAW event uh, or he would uh, go to a factory or, or he would go to, I don't know, sometimes he was going to grocery stores and people wouldn't even show up. Well, that hasn't gotten any better in this campaign season because not only do the people know that Joe Biden is a criminal, now they're really starting to understand that 
he's an illegitimate president and they've turned their attention and their support away from him and they're supporting Donald Trump because Donald Trump is the man. He was the only politician in my lifetime that I can say with 100% certainty was there for the right reasons. There are people that I like and respect in Washington, D.C., and I still can't tell you 100% if they're doing it for the right reasons. But I know Donald Trump was. I 100% know. You will never be able to, to shake my resolve on that fact. I will never waver. Donald Trump is the real deal. Joe Biden is a puppet. He's got no substance. He's got no intelligence. He's got no finesse, no panache. He can barely read a teleprompter. And when he shows up, people scatter. Or they don't show up given the opportunity. So here is Joe Biden on Wednesday. He was in Northfield, Minnesota. And he visited a place called Dutch Creek Farms, and he was doing this as part of an effort to reach out to rural America, because as you know, rural America has traditionally supported Donald Trump, traditionally supported Republicans, conservative ideals anyways. And Donald Trump did a lot of work for the farmers. All right. I'm sure you'll remember when he claimed that J.R. was a farmer and he was carving that name Trump in those fields. And he knew he knew J.R. wasn't a farmer. OK, <laughs> but Donald Trump at that time uh, was uh, uh, working uh, specifically with some farming groups because he has been 100 percent America supporting in whatever industry it is. Definitely the farmers, because he knows he knows we have to eat. He knows if the farmers go down. Well, well, then people are going to starve. So he was supporting them. So Joe Biden, while he was there, announced more than $5 billion in investments to rural communities across the country. It sounds like pandering to me. It sounds like Joe Biden is trying to buy the support of the, 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 the salt of the earth of America, if you will. The White House says of the $5 billion, $1.7 billion will go toward what is called Climate smart agriculture. That's exciting, right? I'm sure everybody is, uh, you know, anxious to see what the hell that means. But this is something that is already being practiced by Dutch Creek Farms. Allegedly, they've incorporated this idea into what they're doing. And the hope is that it's going to catch on with more farmers in Minnesota and beyond to help create more economic opportunities while battling what they call climate change. Obviously, I think that that is a laughable assertion. Uh, There are so many different things that humanity and more specifically the governments of the United States and other Western nations are doing to harm the planet and to harm the environment. And they take all of these negative repercussions that are visible uh, and that you can tie together and they banner it under one great big whistle top tent and they call it climate change. And then they tell you that you're the problem. You're the one who's doing this. Oh, it's the farmers. It's the cows flatulence. It's, it's your Chrysler. It's your Ford F-150. It's got nothing to do with us. We're not, we're not the ones doing it. You know, there, there's something called sustainable farming, which is a, a, a way of, Farming crops, which rotates them so that you make sure that you're not stripping all of the necessary nutrients 
from the ground. Uh, There are certain plants that grow in harmony with other plants because you've got like nitrogen fixers and other plants that need the nitrogen uptake. And so you can farm these things together or you can cycle out different products and it allows the earth to stay fertile. And if you don't do that, then the only way to get that ground to have anything to grow in it is to use massive amounts of fertilizer. There's natural fertilizers and there's uh, there's artificial fertilizers. Uh, but what Joe Biden is talking about is simply going to be another financial drain on America's rural farmers because these this climate smart agriculture, what this is going to do is force people eventually what they'd like to do is to put in rules and regulations, which is going to force people to farm in a certain way. They're going to have to meet certain metrics. Someone had sent me a video of a cattle rancher, uh, and he was talking about this uh, uh, ESG, the environmental social governance policies of BlackRock and such. It's working its way into the cattle industry where, you know, you I, I don't know if that means, you know, as a cattle rancher, you got to have so many uh, black lesbian trans women, trans women on the staff, uh, but uh, uh, certainly you have to have a certain number of cattle and not too many, and you've got to make sure that your carbon output and your your methane uh, expulsion is is below a certain metric. And if you don't do that, well, then they're not going to take your beef and they're not going to allow you to sell it, which from my estimation gives the intelligent, sane, patriotic Americans an opportunity I really like the idea of, you know, uh, personal B2B activity, okay? Uh, Allowing small-scale farmers and uh, small-scale butchers uh, to sell their products directly to the people. Let's cut out the middlemen. I know a lot of us live in cities. It's difficult. And, you know, I've I've got a farm here that I will go to to purchase meat, eggs, cheese, uh, milk, a variety of different products. Uh, But even that's like 45 minutes away. There's not a lot that's close. But I think that if we were to focus on these small scale operations and, you know, just go outside of whatever this control grid is that they're trying to put in for us, it would probably help. So 81 million voters as they say, voted for Joe Biden. However, it was a paltry, sparsely populated crowd who showed up to this hog farm in Northfield. Uh, Back in 2020, they claim that Joe Biden actually beat Donald Trump in Minnesota by a 7.12% margin. And yet, to this day, virtually no one that you can find that's alive or living at a physical address actually supports Joe Biden. And you can take a look here to see exactly how many people were there. Now, uh, just to remind you, when Donald Trump shows up to an event, people line the streets, okay? They stand for miles with their flags and their signs and they're honking and they're waving and they got MAGA hats on and they're wearing capes as, or, or, or flags as capes. You know, it's obvious the people love Donald Trump. Joe Biden can't fill up this barn, okay? And it's relatively new. Looks like they built it just for this event. But there are three sections of seats and they have barely filled up the one section of seat. We're talking maybe 30 people, maybe 40 people. It's not much, but it just goes to show you the lack of support for Joe Biden. So Joe Biden also, uh, in speaking, he seemed to be particularly tired. He, he was, you know, unable to 
recall that fire <laughs> that he might have once had. But he was talking about Bidenomics, okay? And Bidenomics is what has destroyed your bank accounts. Bidenomics is what's destroying American farmers. Bidenomics is what's destroying the nation. He said, inflation's coming down. This is no accident. It's Bidenomics. Bidenomics. It's just another way of saying the American dream. It was so out of touch. Right now, the consumer price index rose another 0.6% in August. That's the biggest monthly gain for the year. We've got energy prices out of control. Gas prices are as high as they've ever been. We're paying an extra 19% for groceries. The Popular 30-year fixed-rate mortgages are sitting between 75 and 8%. As a result, house prices are plunging. The average payment on a $400,000 mortgage is $1,000 more than it was two years ago. And rent prices are just as bad. They're up 15 to 30% from 2020 until now. The national median rent, guys, which is – this is insane to me – $2,029. I don't know how people can survive. I, I don't know how much longer people are going to be able to do it. But I guarantee you that every single person who takes a look at their bank account and then they look at Joe Biden and the things he's doing, they know exactly what's happening to their purchasing power. They know exactly where their dollars are going. And it's Bidenomics. So exposed, fully exposed. Yeah, shit show, Joe. That's right. Um. Oh, oh, look at this. Spike Protein says, one thing I love about living in Southern Illinois is that I'm surrounded by independent family farms. I buy all my apples and pumpkins from local farms. That's so great. That's so great. Glad to hear you. Uh, listen, I need to say thank you to Asquatch. And uh, Asquatch, I think that, did you send me a donation on Cash App yesterday after the show was done? Let me, um, yes, you did. Um, I won't say your real name. But yesterday he said, it's Asquatch from Pilled, always there since YouTube. Thanks for letting me know, buddy. I appreciate it. And Mitzi also donated on Cash App. Thank you so much, Mitzi. Uh, she says, I will follow you wherever. That means a lot to me. I really appreciate it. And uh, uh, I know that not everybody is watching on all platforms, but if I could make an appeal – uh, just as a backup, make sure that you've got uh, – hey, what's up? Uh, the time-traveling hipster also over on Getter. If if you're only watching on one platform, like if you're only watching on Rumble or you're only watching on Pilled or you're only watching on Getter, do, do me a favor. Or also Twitter. We're live streaming on Twitter right now. Do me a favor. Make sure that you are at least having an account on each of these platforms because if something happens to me somewhere, that will allow you to find me on those other platforms. So I wanted to follow up the conversation about Bidenomics with this little ditty coming out of Congress because I feel it's a tremendous betrayal. Congress has agreed to give themselves another freaking raise, a $34,000 pay increase. Now, they're affected by Bidenomics too. But I would argue that they're in a unique position to do something about that for the American people. A $34,000 raise is significant. Bidenflation is now no longer going to be a problem for the members of Congress who agreed to give themselves this massive raise. We find ourselves in a dire position. I'm not making extra money to make up for what they've taken away from us. My mortgage went up. 
Wendy from from Rumble. Thank you so much, Wendy. Uh, uh, w. Willman on Rumble. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thanks for doing that. Uh, April also says, Zach, you're one of the original guys I followed. I will, you're always a straight arrow. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you for saying so. So everything costs more. Yeah, I'm so glad I don't have to look for a house right now. I'm so glad I don't have to buy a car right now. I'm so I, I don't use credit, right? I mean, those are the only two things that I have a loan on. And uh, I got them at the perfect time when rates were low and uh, and, and it was a, 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 an excellent time to be in the market. But it's not now. All right. And for Congress to agree to give themselves a raise when Americans have had, you know, that much or more taken out of their pockets over the course of a year. $34,000. It's like it's like every single one of us has had $34,000 removed from our yearly salaries. We don't have the expendable income that we had just, you know, a year ago, 2 years ago. And it just keeps getting worse. They voted for themselves to get this raise through an internal rule that avoided the political backlash of openly allocating themselves more money. So they did it in a secret and underhanded way. This is coming from the Washington Free Beacon. They noted that taxpayers are now funding luxury housing accommodations for socialist representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and over 200 other members of Congress, many of whom boast net worths of over $1 million. Now, I don't know if they're counting their luxury beach homes in addition to their bank accounts, but these are supposed to be public servants, public servants who serve the people, not who serve themselves. So a $34,000 raise for themselves in the midst of economic crisis, while they're allowing millions of undocumented illegal aliens to stream across the border. While they're kicking Americans out of their homes, while they're taking benefits from people who are struggling because of the problems they have allowed to occur, that, my friends, is a betrayal. So this added money is coming through housing and meal subsidies. Uh, Anybody here get a housing or meal subsidy from their employer? I mean, that's not a normal thing. Sure, You might be able to hand your receipts into your boss if you have to travel for work. Maybe you're going to get refunded for your stay at the Quality Inn. But I don't think any of us here are getting our notes paid on our mortgage. I don't think anybody here is having our, our lunches bought and paid for by our bosses. No, that only happens when the American people are your boss. This happened as the Democrats were about to lose their majority to the GOP. Democrats quietly tucked a provision into internal House rules that grants lawmakers access to an optional $34,000 annual subsidy to pay for their Washington, D.C. housing and meal expenses. So far, 113 Democrats and 104 Republicans have taken at least some cash Costing the taxpayers so far a combined $1.4 million. That's just for the first half of this year. We don't even know what's happening in the back half. Recipients of these funds have included at least 17 millionaire Democrats, including Representative Katie Porter. She has a net worth of up to $1.8 million in her latest financial disclosure. Also, House Minority Whip 
Catherine Clark, a Democrat from Massachusetts, she boasts a net worth of up to $13.5 million, her financial disclosure said. Now, this was coming after, I guess, people like Cortez were complaining. They said their $174,000 salary just wasn't enough to maintain a home in her district and have housing in Washington, D.C., too. You know, I almost feel like they should make these people live in shared housing, like live in in like a building that is expressly dedicated for the accommodations of House members and, you know, make it for senators too. give them uh, a small, you know, 10 by 12 room. It's larger than some of you might actually currently be living in. Give them a, a single bed, maybe a, a twin Put a, uh, a a cheap insignia TV on the wall from Best Buy, uh, or maybe just allow them to use their phones for entertainment. Give them a hard line for Wi-Fi and uh, and uh, uh, internet, and then force them to live in those apartment blocks in a very cheap accommodations, because one hundred and seventy four thousand dollars is way more than most of us make. Now, I understand that the average rent in Brooklyn, where uh, Alexandria Occasional Cortex has her um, apartment, the average rent is like $3,500 a month, and it's growing, okay? There's a major problem in New York. But $174,000 is plenty of money, and she doesn't need to have luxury accommodations in Washington, D.C. But since she's taken office in 2019... She's rented one such luxury Washington, D.C. apartment. It's a building that boasts amenities, including a rooftop pool, also an indoor golf simulator. Oh, oh, Alexandria. Other members of the squad, communists and socialists themselves, collected $14,000. That's Representative Ilhan Omar, the brother lover from Minnesota. Rashida Talab. The Hamas supporter, $6,800. And then Representative Jamal Bowman, the serial fire alarm puller, he took $6,200. But he was also ordered to pay a $1,000 fine for disrupting official proceedings. Who do you think paid for that? I guarantee you he pulled another 1000 from his $34,000 nest egg piggy bank that's paid for by you and me. Now, a Harvard study has found a record 21.6 million American homes are spending more than 30% of their pre-tax income on rent. With an average rent of $2,200 a month, how could they not? And then, of course, as I said earlier, Bidenflation has pushed the price of groceries into the 20% mark since he took office. Now, the rep, the report also said that Matt Gates received the largest share of funds out of any lawmaker, which is really shocking to me. His expenses billed the taxpayers for about $17,000 from January through May to pay his D.C. living expenses. And then Representative Mo Brooks, another Republican from Alabama, he actually opposed the pay raise. Uh, Let's see. Kitsko says, I watch on Rumble where I own stock. I'm trying to save the platform for everyone to have a place to gather. Pill is 
closed to public. Uh, well, uh, either way, I'm glad you're here, Kitsko. Thank you very much for being here. And uh, wherever you're at, uh, I, I just I want you guys to know how much I appreciate you. So Brooks had this to say when opposing this. He said, you can have a good public policy debate on whether congressmen should be paid more in order to attract a better bunch, and you could have a reasonable debate on inflation adjustments, but it really ought to be done in the public. That's my biggest beef, that it was a clandestine move in secret. Congressional rules allow lawmakers to expense up to $258 a day in lodging and $79 per day in meals without having to submit receipts. They don't even have to prove what they're doing. Lisa and I live on less than $200 a week in food for two people, and that's more than some people are able to afford. You know, uh, it used to be what when Trump was in office, I I could get away with uh, spending $100 or less a week on food. Just can't do that anymore. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. TCV says uh, too many of the wrong people go to D.C. to get rich. No, you're absolutely right. And Mo Brooks, you know, uh, attracting a better bunch. No, the the more money you give people to become congressmen, the worse type of people you're going to attract because it's going to be a a bunch of Joe Bidens, a bunch of people who are simply looking to go there to get rich. Two hundred and fifty eight dollars a day. Hold on. Let's just let's do the math. On how much money these guys can expense and get paid back. 258 plus 79, that's $337 a day. Times 365, that's $123,005. $123,005 a day. Oh, excuse me, a year that congressmen can expense without freaking receipts. 123,000 divided by 12, that's $10,250 a month. (laughs) That's disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. TZ Burton says, remember, Zach gets all Rumble rants until the end of the year, too. Rumble doesn't take a cut until 2024. That's an excellent point, man. Uh, I really appreciate that. I didn't even think about that. Uh, Anarchist Owl says, hoot, hoot. Good to see you, buddy. And uh, yes, absolutely. Thank you very much for the support, you guys. Uh, Surter says, Zach, they've been voting to increase in salary and perks since I've been alive. Oh, no, believe me, I've been paying attention. I've seen it. Uh, I, it just it keeps happening. And it, it obviously, I think that America, if they would have been privy to the negotiations, they would have been up in arms. But now that it's been passed in secret, there's nothing we can do. But over $10,000 a month without receipts. How many of those people do you think just every single day, just like um, time for my expenses, 123000 That's a hell of a price, a hell of a, 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 um, a salary increase. That's like a bonus. Like you give people the opportunity to do that. They're all going to do it. Every single one of them. So there has been a couple of instances recently of members of Congress who seek to kind of close off some of these loopholes. Somebody had had dropped a bill uh, that would disallow sitting members of Congress and their spouses from buying stock. Yeah, there we go. Who was that woman from Massachusetts with the $13.5 million financial uh, uh, savings? Yeah. How do you think she got that? I mean, 
It's not from being a member of Congress. Well, I mean, technically it is from being a member of Congress. It's because of the inside intel she gets. And then Josh Hawley is looking to close off donations from corporate interests, which would take a lot of the money out of the congressional arena. It would mean that senators and congressmen, they would have to go to their constituents for money. Of course, you know, there's all kinds of money laundering happening there with Win Red and Act Blue. James O'Keefe did the same thing with Win Red that he did with Act Blue, put a video out yesterday on OMG. And he found uh, a woman who was the number one Win Red donator in New Jersey. And it was the it was it was all fraudulent. She she was like, I didn't donate this money. It was like eighty thousand dollars, something crazy. She said, absolutely not. Totally didn't. And when she realized it was James O'Keefe, she was like, oh, my God, I know who you are. <laughs> Come inside. It was pretty cool. You should watch it. But expect more of that. Expect more of that. We got a real problem with money in Washington, D.C. And Josh Hawley's trying to do the right thing. I hope he runs for president someday. I like Josh Hawley. But Mitch McConnell is not happy about it. This career politician right here. Remember, Mitch came up Cocaine smuggling. There's a reason they call him Cocaine Mitch. He came from a criminal family as well. And I don't think he stopped when he got to Washington, D.C. But in this recent private meeting where Mitch McConnell, the GOP leader in the Senate, uh, had some stern words for any Republican senators who might consider supporting this new bill from Josh Hawley, he said that they will face an incoming from the center-right if they supported Hawley's bill. This is coming from CNN, so sources with intel. On Tuesday, Hawley introduced this new legislation. He called it the Ending Corporate Influence on Elections Act. Hey, sounds good to me. Uh, This is what we've been begging for for years now. Get the corporate money out of Washington, D.C., because all they're doing is buying votes. They're buying policy. If passed, this bill would aim to get corporate money out of American politics and dramatically cut back on publicly traded corporations' ability to influence elections. Do it. Call your senators and tell them to support Josh Hawley. This would serve as a countermeasure to the 2010 Supreme Court ruling Citizens United versus the FEC. It would seek to reverse its implications. Uh, That was a horrible, horrible decision on behalf of the Supreme Court. At that time, they ruled that the government cannot restrict the independent expenditures for political campaigns by corporations. It essentially decided that corporations were individuals, and so therefore they could donate. This was made back in January of 2010. Uh, Obama, he vastly benefited from this. For decades, corporate America has funneled billions of dollars into elections in favor of politicians who favor their woke social agendas instead of America's interests. This, legistra- this legislation would hold mega corporations' feet to the fire and stop their dollars from buying our elections. Yes, King, this is exactly what we need. It would ban publicly traded corporations from making independent expenditures, buying political ads, or other electioneering communications. It would also ban publicly traded companies from giving money to super PACs. The, Josh Hawley, in one fell swoop, would take care of one of the largest impediments that the American people have to keeping our country free. Tattooed Teacher says, thank you, Zach. Thank you. I really appreciate that. 
Uh, also, thank you very much to Eric Allen over on Pilled.net. He says, good job. Great job, Zach. Just Duckies. Hey, man, good to see you. Where you been? He said, much love. Good to see you. Uh, Boise Blanc, 89, dropped a cookie. CB Joey, hey. <laughs> CB Joey, you're not a first-time viewer. <laughs> Anyways, he says, first-time viewer, new to Foxhole. <laughs> good to see you either way. Hey, Q Revere, good to see you too, man. Been a minute. Good to see you. Absolutely. Yeah. So here's some more information coming from Josh Hawley's uh, drop on this information. This is part of a larger agenda to get corporate America out of politics, hold them accountable because they're drowning out the voices of the American people. I don't think any of us could argue with that. This uh, back in September, Hawley had introduced legislation to cap credit card interest rates at 18 percent, which are already insane and bring relief to Americans that are suffering all across this nation. And then last month, he visited with workers who were on strike at a General Motors plant in Missouri. He wanted to stand with them and support American jobs. We we have too many that are leaving the country. In May, Hawley introduced legislation to raise tariffs on imports from China until the United States makes sustainable bilateral trade deficit coming into balance. In April, he unveiled two bills to crack down on Big Pharma's exploitative drug policies and cap the cost of insulin. In December of last year, he stood with and voted to support rail workers as they sought a fair deal with sick leave. In April of 2021, Hawley introduced legislation to break up big tech companies who were seeking to dominate multiple industries simultaneously. And of course, he is now fighting against the mega corporations and their efforts to purchase politicians to enact this woke agenda all across America. These corporations funneling money into political campaigns is essentially the same thing as BlackRock forcing ESG on those companies. I wonder if covertly some aspect of the ESG scheme is to not only influence the American people through the products and the advertising that they do, the people that they hire, the number of, uh, you know, trans black women that they hire, but also to influence American politics with ESG type goals. So Mitch McConnell claims to have been an advocate for fewer restrictions on campaign finance. I think that's obvious. He, He wants less restrictions so that he can get more money. And this is an open threat against anybody who would stand with the American people. He's also been long controlled by a powerful super PAC, which is the Senate Leadership Fund. They've been instrumental in getting many of these Republican rhinos into their seats. And during this meeting, McConnell read off a list of senators who had benefited from heavy financial support from this film, which included Hawley himself, according to sources familiar with the matter. This is how they buy people. They pump money into their campaigns and they say, well, now, now that I've given you money, now that this organization has given you money, you got to toe the line. You got to do what we tell you to do. And if you don't, then we will primary you. Well, Josh Hawley, I hope that you continue to have the courage and fortitude necessary to do what's necessary for the American people. All right. Now, before we continue, guys, I need to just give a big shout out to the next mid sponsor of the program. That's going to be my friends at Oneness Drops. If you go to onenessdrops.com and use code RP78, you can save 15% off your own chlorine dioxide water purification kits. It's part A and B. It comes in a number of formulations. You purchase the one that is uh, best suited for you and your needs, but they both do the exact same thing. 
Chlorine dioxide is a unique compound that allows you to make non-potable, unsafe-to-drink water totally safe. It's something you should have in your go bag, in your medicine cabinet, in your you may need to have safe to drink water. If things go wrong in America, one of the first thing that could potentially go down would be our electrical grid, which would then halt the delivery of necessary services like utilities, water, electricity, certainly means of communication. So onenessdrops.com. Please, when you support them, you'll be supporting the channel. Uh, And then also don't forget my friend Mike Lindell at MyPillow. When you use code RP78, you can save up to 80% off Mike's incredible American-made products. And of course, you're also going to be supporting Mike Lindell's efforts to save the elections here in America. You can get the MyPillow mattress topper, the MyPillow 2.0. They have uh, save 50%, which is basically a buy one, get one free. They have the Giza Dream Sheets. They've got uh, the beach towels, the slippers, the bathrobes. All of the products at MyPillow.com are made in America, and they are made with the blood, sweat, and tears of patriots just like you. And Mike Lindell is supporting his community. So please support the program by supporting Mike Lindell. And at the same time, you're going to be supporting American business. 100% American-owned business. All right, guys, thank you very much for allowing me that moment for an interlude. Let's continue on. Um, We had an interesting day with Rashida Talab not getting censured. I feel like we have crossed a Rubicon in American politics. It wasn't all that long ago where Israel was a sacred cow, uh, meaning that you you couldn't say anything derogatory or negative about policy that Israel was engaged in. Uh, You couldn't do anything but ultimately 100% support Israel in whatever it was that they were doing. But it seems that the tide has turned in America, and uh, it's largely turned with the ultra-radical left wing of the Democrat Party. But even in Congress, MTG couldn't get Rashida Talab censured for her positive comments about Hamas. Now, I I am in support of all people everywhere having the right to live and live freely under the tenets of, of liberty, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. All humanity should have the ability to do that. And no one's life, liberty, or happiness should infringe upon the happiness, the life, the liberty of anyone else. However, this is real life here, all right? And civilizations have engaged in war. Civilizations have perpetrated massacres since the beginning of time. But there was at one point in our recent history where uh, where to support a terrorist, I mean, that's about as bad as you could get. What's interesting is I expected the Democrats to side with Rashida Talab. But that's just because of what we're seeing from their constituents. Remember, not that long ago, they were calling anybody who supported Donald Trump an anti-Semite. And if you had something to say about the way Israel was handling their business, well, then you were definitely an anti-Semite. You were essentially a Holocaust denier. But now they stand with Rashida Talab because Rashida Talab's ultra-radical left-wing socialist branch of the Democrat Party is who the current DNC needs to court in order to have anybody vote for them. Because let's be honest, the people with a brain are going to be supporting Donald Trump. Now, what was really interesting is that 22 Republicans 
also supported Rashida Talab, voted to not censure her. Now, I would have, you know, said maybe these people are all uh, are, are, are all rhinos initially thinking about this, but there's quite a few names on here, people that, you know, I, I, I believe are respectable. So if this doesn't mean that these people are rhinos, does it mean that the days of Israel's stranglehold over Congress, does it mean that that's over? I mean, are these people in Congress recognizing the dangerous proposition that the Biden regime and the powers that be in the Middle East have tried to put America in? Are they refusing to get involved in this argument because they understand the totality of what's at stake. I, I tend to think that's what it is. Now, I think that the Democrats are doing it for their own reason. I don't think that these Republicans support Hamas or anything like that. Uh, I don't think it was necessary necessarily for uh, MTG to get EG hat. Because remember when they censured MT, MTG, they, they took away all of her committee assignments that basically stripped her of all of her power. But since that time, she's learned how to play the game in Washington, D.C. It appears to me that the game is changing. And this is definitely something that we need to keep an eye on. Uh, Buck Wayne says, blackmailed bureaucratic buffoons build back better by bringing bigger bribes before bumbling brain dead Biden blows Barack's Baphomet bride bargain. <laughs> oh, thank you to LKW Crossover on Ko-Fi. Uh, that was some uh, incredible alliteration there, Buck Wayne. Thank you very much. Sneaking, buck, sneaking big mic in. You got to love it. Yes. So. So I, I think that we're we've we've reached a turning point. You know, we've recently come to an impasse with the American people no longer allowing themselves to be deluded into going along with a forever war. We have rejected what's been taking place in Ukraine, and it's getting less popular by the day. Now, I think America looks at what's happening in Israel and 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 we say, you know, this is terrible. Obviously, people dying is awful. Uh, but we cannot continue to send money unrestricted throughout the world and send our military there because it's going to result in World War III. And to an even greater degree, what happens when our own military is no longer at a state of readiness to support the homeland itself? And even if we were, those people would be abroad fighting another forever war. We simply can't do it. When the United States continues to fund both sides of conflicts and then deliver humanitarian aid in the wake of it, we perpetuate these forever wars. The only reason Zelensky in Ukraine has gone on as long as it has is because the United States has continued to pump money in there. As soon as that spigot turns off, Zelensky's done. He's standing at death's door right now as we speak. This isn't going to be happening for much longer. So if the United States no longer agrees to participate in these things, I think that it's going to be a lot easier for these various nations to come together at the peace table and actually make a deal. And so I'm okay. I'm okay with Rashida Talab not being censured. I think that she sucks. I think that... Uh, Supporting Hamas is a bad, bad position to hold. Uh, but I think that the Democrats have gotten what they've asked for. And I want to see that continue. I want to see them 
continue to court the most radical elements of the left-wing socialists here in America. Because at the end of the day, those radical leftists are going to turn on those politicians. No one is safe. No one is safe. They are going to eat them alive. And as they eat them alive, the smart people, the people who have woken up, are going to continue to align with us. And we will reject those people. They will no longer hold court in Washington, D.C., and we can get about the business of fixing America, reversing the tragic results of what Joe Biden has done to this nation. We simply can no longer fund these wars in other nations. All right. Now, uh, real briefly, uh, I want to say this is the statement from the Southern Poverty Law Center. They are essentially a blackmail operation. What they do is pick uh, people on the right and they call them anti-Semites. What's really interesting is that now and racists. Sorry, I I shouldn't just say anti-Semites. They also use Islamophobia. I wonder if they're going to start now being forced to publish things about, say, people like Rashida Talab because of her open support for Hamas. Well, the attack in uh, Israel, then the response from Israel. I mean, this was almost a month ago now. Yeah, yeah, almost a month, three weeks. Okay, and the Southern Poverty Law Center has had nothing to say. The ADL was out there jibber jabbering as soon as they possibly could. That was fascinating to watch as well. But they have consistently here at the Southern Poverty Law Center used their power and their influence and their networks to get people canceled and uh, to disparage them in the mainstream media. Um, And then, of course, you know, I mean, there have been uh, inarguably um, instances of anti-Semitism taking place here because you got all of these radical Islamic uh, sorts that have been uh, shipped into the country from all over the world. Same thing's happening in Europe where they let a ton of them in. And um, and it took three weeks for them to say something. Now, it's interesting because they have to decide, are, are they going to support Israel or are they going to support Hamas? Let's take a look. Earlier this month, we watched in horror as Hamas led an unconscionable attack against Israeli civilians, killing more than a thousand people and kidnapping hundreds, of which Americans, about 500 of them are currently in the hands of Hamas. The tragedy has only continued as Palestinian civilians in Gaza, many of whom are children, have been targeted with airstrikes and cut off from food, clean water, medical care, and life-saving supplies. So they took the safe route. They went through both sides and they picked the choicest parts of each. So what's interesting is that sometime after making this public statement between 11.52 a.m. on Monday and 9.54 a.m. on Tuesday— They made a stealth edit and they changed the statement to read this. The tragedy has only continued as Palestinian civilians in Gaza, many of whom are children, have been killed by airstrikes and cut off from food, clean water, medical care and life saving supplies. So they had to punch it up just a little bit. So they also had to justify what they said, why it's taken 21 days for them to do it. 
And they said, while the SPLC supports the advancement and protection of the human rights of all people, we focus our work in the Deep South in the United States. We're not really part of the Middle East. It is outside of our purview and expertise to comment on international events. But let me be clear. We condemn hate and violence in every form. We denounce all acts of terrorism and we reject any attempt to prejudice or persecute communities pushed to the margins. Unless you're fair-skinned and then they are happy to push you to the margins. (laughs) The SPLC, this is Ted Cruz, is entangled with racism, sexual harassment, domestic terrorism, and outright hate. It's no surprise they would take the side of Hamas and downplay the extremism of terror-supporting groups like Students for Justice in Palestine. My favorite part of all of this is to watch these left-wing organizations twist in the wind because they've for years been chirping about anti-Semitism and Islamic uh, Islamophobia. And now they're being forced uh, to either back up their statements one way or the other. Sterling, Car- Sterling Cannabis, good to see you, buddy. He says, I am anti-Kazarian. Stop the killing, damn it. 100% on the same page. All right, so um, we had Rashida Talab got some good news. Uh, George Santos also got some good news. The rhinos in New York had attempted to toss him out of Congress because of the charges that he's currently facing. He hasn't been convicted yet. It may be total BS, but they were trying to throw him out of office anyways. Um, I, I feel like there are some oddities about George Santos, but uh, his record has been 100% conservative since coming into office. So just another one to keep your eye on. Uh, well, let me see. We're going to skip this because I really wanted to get to some of these other things. Uh, Hillary Clinton, she had somebody dragged out of her speech Recently, this guy was he's a pedophile catcher on YouTube, and uh, he was asking her about Bill Clinton's visits to Epstein Island and on the uh, uh, Epstein's private jet. So Hillary was giving a lecture at Columbia University last night and in protest of the public shaming of the pro Hamas students. Uh, that Hillary Clinton subjected them to uh, on that doxing truck. They the students that were pro Hamas in the audience, they stood up and uh, and and they walked out. Now, this is another one that's hilarious to me because the phenomenon of doxing has widely been used by these radical leftists to shame people who have differences of opinion from them. And now to see their technique used against them, I just find it to be delicious just desserts. So Hillary was hired as a professor at Columbia earlier this year, and she was hired to teach in their School of International and Public Affairs. We came, we saw, he died. That is Hillary Clinton's take on uh, international and public affairs. Now, uh, there were about 30 students who walked out. uh, And, uh, you know, this is a public humiliation for Hillary Clinton. Uh, And it's two public humiliations in the last week. So you just love to see it. Love to see it. All right. Now, more bad news for Democrats. Nancy Pelosi just had uh, in a third party criminal case in California. We don't know what third party criminal case because Nancy Pelosi has said that she refuses to comment on ongoing litigation. But if I had to guess, uh, I think you guys might know what it is. So Clerk of the House Tylese Alley read a letter from Nancy Pelosi on the floor of the uh, uh, of Congress, and she said, I, the Honorable Nancy Pelosi, the representative of the 11th Congressional District of California, have been served with third party subpoenas. So not a subpoena 
for a case that she is directly involved in. She hasn't been charged or anything. From the prosecution and defendant to produce documents in a criminal case in the United States District for the Northern District of California. After a consultation with the Office of General Counsel, I have determined that compliance with the subpoena is consistent with the privileges and the rights of the House. Now, have you guys guessed what this case could possibly be? Well, uh, it is most likely the David DePape case. David DePape, again, was maybe the, the grinder hookup that Paul Pelosi had at his house uh, who smashed him in the head with a hammer. Uh, Paul Pelosi, in a very odd situation, remember the story kept changing. The police lied about what actually happened. And then when they released the body cam footage, it, was, it still did not add up. So we have the security footage of David DePape entering the home. I'm not so certain what the prosecution and the defense would need from Nancy Pelosi in this in, in this instance, because this is obviously Paul Pelosi's house. He can hand over everything. It, Nancy Pelosi was out of town. I mean, she had nothing to directly do with this. So I don't know what they could possibly be subpoenaing her for and both sides. So I'm highly Interested. My interest has been piqued in this case. But if you'll remember, David DePape on security camera goes inside the uh, the Pelosi home, uh, 5.06 on October 28th. And uh, this is different from what the U.S. Capitol Police said because they had cameras on the Pelosi house and uh, they actually would have been at a different time zone. So while it's 5.06 on the East Coast with Capitol Police cameras, the security cameras on the West Coast would be at 2.06. So the video starts at 5.04 a.m. Eastern time. DePape walking around the house with nothing in his hands, doesn't have uh, a hammer in his hands yet. He looks right at the surveillance camera, and then he leaves and comes back with his backpack and a large bag. And then the video shows him hitting a window with a hammer over and over, and then eventually stepping through the window and into the house. And it was weird because DePape looked directly at the camera. I think that many people believe that DePape was perhaps, um, he was paid to do this. He was paid to do this because everything about David DePape screams MK Ultra or a, a left-wing FBI plant. Everything in his life was antithetical to our way of life. And he claimed to be part of this, you know, right-wing conspiracy agenda. There's no video of David DePape in the house until the 911 operator sends the police there. And the call was at 2.23 a.m., so roughly, I don't know, 15 minutes after David DePape entered the house. Well, maybe a little more than 10 minutes. And it sounds like... Uh, it was Paul Pelosi calling for help, and David DePape is there listening to the call. He even offers his name. Let's take a listen to this. Please stand for 2022. Oh, I guess I, I guess. Uh, thank you very much, Patty Lynn. Uh, I told him to say, what is this? This is San Francisco Police. Do you need help? Oh, well, there's a gentleman uh, here just waiting for my wife to come back. Nancy Pelosi. Uh, he's just uh, waiting for her to come back. She's not going to be here for a day, so I guess we'll have to wait. Okay, do you need police fire or medical for anything? Uh, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. So 
that's always struck me as odd. Obviously, if David Tapape broke into the home, uh, Paul Pelosi is there alone and he calls 911 to say that David DePape is going to wait at the home for several days for Nancy Pelosi to come home. I mean, of, of course, if his life was in danger and I don't know, I, I just have no frame of reference to place this in. And he tells them he doesn't need help. Why are you calling 911? Of course he needs help. Zero, two, twenty, three, and fifty-eight seconds. Uh, there's, there's the, uh, um, is the Capitol Police around? Zero, two, twenty. No, this they, is they usually protect seconds. my wife. They're usually here. They're usually here at the house, protecting my wife. Uh, no, this is San Francisco Police. Friday, October. I, I, no, I understand. Eight, um, okay, well, he's asking David to pop. He said, I don't know. What do you think? He's asking them. So I think that Paul Pelosi was expecting the Capitol Police to be there to maybe apprehend David to And he wants the Capitol Police to be the ones that interact with them. Because remember, Nancy Pelosi was the one who wanted to put Capitol Police outposts all over the country so that they would act as her private police force. So I think that that's what he was hoping, is that that was going to be the case and that the Capitol Police would rush in. It would give an argument for Nancy Pelosi to say this is why we need the Capitol Police all over the country, especially to be uh, uh, protecting our individual homes. And maybe maybe David DePape just took it too far. Okay. Uh, he thinks everything's good. Uh, I've got a problem, but he thinks everything's good. Zero, uh, okay. Call us back if you change your mind. No, no, no. This this gentleman just uh, came into the house, uh, and he wants to wait here for my wife to come home. Zero, two, and so, uh, three, four, and forty-eight. Anyway, he's on the phone. Do you know who the person is? No, I don't know who he is. He he uh, uh, he has Zero, this. He's telling me he's telling me not to. Uh, he's telling me not to do anything. What is your address, sir? Uh, twenty-six. Two twenty five and zero. What is your name? Seconds. Uh, my name is Paul Pelosi. Friday. Anyway, this this gentleman says that uh, he thinks everything ought to, you know, he, he told me to put the phone down and uh, just do what he said. Okay. Okay. So it obviously sounds like now David DePape is the one running the show. He's giving Paul Pelosi orders. He's telling him not to do anything, put the phone down. I, obviously, Paul Pelosi is now transmitting that information to the 911 operator to let her know that, yes, he needs help. Uh, so, I mean, it's very possible that at this point, David DePape is actually holding that hammer. Uh, and, uh, and, and Paul Pelosi knows that perhaps his life is in danger. Maybe this is going farther than he and Nancy planned it to go. Okay, who? What's the gentleman's name? I don't know. What's that? What's that? My name's David. Da- the name is David. He's on okay, and who is phone. David? I, I don't know. I, what's that? I'm a friend of theirs. Yeah, I. I um, he says he's a friend, but as but I said, I've never. But you don't know who he is. No, no, ma'am. Okay. He's telling me I'm being very leading, so I, I got to stop talking to you. Okay. 
He's telling me I'm being very leading. Uh, so, yeah, obviously, Paul Pelosi is talking in code. David DePape knows that. And he's like, get the hell off the phone. Otherwise, you're going to get brained, which he did. Okay. You sure I can stay on the phone with you just to make sure everything's okay? No, he wants to get the hell off the phone. Zero, two, twenty, okay. Six, okay. And zero, eight Thank you. Okay, bye. Now, uh, it was weird because when the San Francisco police got there, they weren't in a hurry to get in. Uh, I would think that any police officer worth their medal would have understood what was going on in that call. Now, it may have been confusing at the beginning, but by the end, it appears pretty evident that Paul Pelosi is being held against his will. There's someone in the home that he doesn't know who claims that he wants to speak to his wife, Nancy Pelosi, the very hated Nancy Pelosi. The Capitol Police had cameras. Why didn't they call anybody? I think they didn't call anybody because this was a situation that was meant to happen. So they arrive. They're not in a hurry to get into the house. Uh, they, They didn't act like Paul Pelosi's life was in danger. And uh, then you have the police body camera footage uh, on the scene from that morning. And uh, there's a bunch of weird stuff there. In this video, Paul Pelosi is then attacked by David DePompe with a hammer. And the police, it's like they don't know what to do. They've never been in a situation like this before. Is this just because it's San Francisco and they can't get good cops? Paul Pelosi being in his underwear, that that initially indicated to me that maybe this was a sexual thing gone wrong, but maybe Paul Pelosi was passed out drunk on his couch. David DePape never changed his clothes. He was in the same clothes that he was wearing when he came in, and we don't know who opened the door. If you'll also remember, they suggested that there was a third individual in the home. We don't know who the third individual is. Uh, and David DePape is holding a drink. Did Paul Pelosi give him a drink to maybe try to relax him and disarm him? Uh, Also, Paul Pelosi was holding on to the hammer and didn't run when the police showed up. Uh, It's reasonable to assume that maybe he was pretty drunk at this point. Maybe he was on some pills. We know that Paul Pelosi liked to engage in a little bit of recreation. If you'll remember that one time that he actually crashed his car and they got covered up for him. So very, very strange stuff. I would have to believe that this subpoena is all about that. And so keep your eyes and ears open for what's happening in that case. All right. So and David DePape was at January 6th. I I think uh, he's he's definitely some sort of MKUltra plant. All right. So interesting things coming out of Arizona. It looks like Katie Hobbs may be in some legal jeopardy. Uh, She appears to be trying to take an undue credit for a tax rebate that's being sent to taxpayers, even though she not only opposed the implementation of the credit in the first place, but she's also taking an end run around a provision that specifically prevents her office from taking credit for giving citizens the rebate. So she tried to stop it in the first place, and she's not allowed to take credit for it, but she's doing it anyways. She recently sent out a press release from her administration to Arizona taxpayers that claimed that Governor Hobbs puts money back into Arizonans' pockets, a blatant lie. She hinted that the $750 rebate for families with dependent children was the result of her efforts, only it wasn't. It was due to something else entirely. She is uh, clearly clearly trying to buy 
more popularity and more votes. Now, the provision in the law says that no letter relating to the Arizona family's tax rebate issued under this section shall be sent from the governor's office or be sent on the governor's letterhead or reference the governor's office. But Hobbs did exactly that. Now, do I think that Katie Hobbs is going to be prosecuted for this? No, absolutely not. She's got her boy, uh, Adrian Fontes, in her pocket. Oh, I'm sorry, who, who's the who's the attorney general in Arizona? I can't remember their name, but it, it's a, a partner of Katie Hobbs. So no, I, I don't think that uh, any, anything is going to happen with that. Uh, but she could be, I don't know, made an example of in the state legislature. So that's something that could happen. All right, we are getting to the end of the show, and I want you guys to think back maybe a month or two ago when I reported on the Connecticut election that had been revealed to have been rigged with the same sort of ballot stuffing scheme that was exposed in 2000 mules. This was an instance where multiple illegal absentee ballots were being dropped at ballot drop boxes in this local Connecticut election. And it was being done by a civil servant, by an employee of the city and the employee of one of the people who benefited from these illegal ballot drops. Well, Shockingly, a Connecticut Democrat judge has just overturned this mayoral primary in Bridgeport, Connecticut, and he's also ordered a new election to take place. And it was all because of the evidence that we already showed you on this program being presented in court. What is it that the Democrats love to say? Oh, election fraud is exceedingly rare. And even if it happens, it doesn't affect the outcome of an election. Well, now in Bridgeport, Connecticut, this Democrat judge believes that clearly it does. This is Superior Court Judge William Clark, and he's ordered this new election to be held. And he specifically cited that bombshell video evidence of the election fraud taking place as the basis for his decision. Now, this has far-reaching implications, not only for Bridgeport and the entire country, uh, but also it sets a precedent for any ongoing and future cases which specifically involve mail-in ballot fraud. We now have an election that has been overturned based upon the exact same types of behaviors that were identified by True the Vote and Dinesh D'Souza in the film 2000 Mules. This is now going to be something that can be brought up in other cases. And consider the case that Donald Trump and his associates is being set up with down in Georgia. Well, the whole thing was about ballots being illegally stuffed into ballot boxes and the election being stolen. We've just proven, they've just proven in Connecticut, that this actually happens. And the videographic evidence is enough to support it. Uh, the Gateway Pundit had reported back in September that John Gomez, who was that mayoral candidate, it was his campaign who released a damning video showing the evidence of election fraud in the Bridgeport Democratic primary. And that video prompted an investigation by the Bridgeport Police Department for possible misconduct. If you believe that your county or your city was engaged in illegal ballot stuffing, then contact your local police, contact your local sheriff. That's what these people did. And uh, thank God they did something about it. 
Now, it was the campaign page for Gomez on Facebook that published the video. It showed a woman dropping stacks and stacks of illegal ballots into an absentee box outside the Bridgeport Government Center, which is where the city's registrar of voters office is located. So the campaign was able to identify the woman in the footage as one Wanda Geeter Pataki. She happens to be the vice chairman of the Democratic town clerk and a vocal supporter of the incumbent mayor, Joe Gannon. Of course, he's the one seeking re-election, and when you know it, he's the one who benefited from all of this election fraud. So Gomez's video claims that the primary, uh, that the video shows Geeter Pataki dropping off these stacks of absentee ballots ahead of the September 12th primary. Gomez said video surveillance proving that the mayoral election was unequivocally stolen through corruption within City Hall by tampering with absentee ballots. This is an undeniable act of voter suppression and a huge civil rights violation. It's time to restore lasting credibility to our city's democracy once and for all. Enough is enough. It's not only criminal, but it's a civil violation as well. That is something that is so important to note. You know, all too often uh, we see uh, suits against, you know, police departments and police officers for civil rights violations. It's time we started seeing them uh, in uh, in terms of these right here. We need more than just criminal solutions. We we should be incurring monetary damages at the end of the day. And the people who are engaging in these illegal ballot harvesting and stuffing activities, they're the ones you should be paying up. Gomez lost to Joe Gannam, who is the uh, the current incumbent, by a narrow margin of 251 votes. I can think of a number of uh, races all across America. What did they do to uh, Abe Hamada? Same thing. It was like less than 300 votes. So uh, we are now going to uh, be taking a closer look at these things. And I sincerely hope that uh, legislators, uh, that elected officials and police departments and sheriff's departments across America will start taking this seriously because this is real and it, it is really exciting to see it happening. Now, before we go, let's look in at the latest happening in President Trump's special counsel case. Uh, and the special counsel is, of course, unhappy with President Trump, but Judge Eileen Cannon is unhappy with Jack Smith and the DOJ. So it looks like she may be willing to postpone President Trump's trial. Special counsel Jack Smith uh, had attacked President Trump after the former president's attorneys filed a motion for a stay in the January 6th case in D.C. President Trump respectfully requests that the court stay all proceedings in this case pending resolution of his immunity motion. So his lawyers filed the motion just hours after Judge Eileen Cannon signaled that she would postpone the classified documents case in Southern Florida. Judge Eileen Cannon last month had paused litigation in the classified documents case as she decides whether to grant Trump's motion to extend deadlines related to classified material. If you'll notice, one of the... um, One of the the tactics that Jack Smith is using and that all of these other cases are using is an accelerated trial timeline and structure because they don't want to give President Trump enough time to identify exculpatory information or to develop a strong defense against these garbage BS charges that he's getting all over the nation. And last month, President Trump attorneys Chris Keiss and Todd Blanche accused the prosecutors on Jack Smith's team of using dilatory tactics to slow roll that discovery process and then taking too long to turn that evidence over. Blanche and Keiss said the May Trump trial date makes the schedule unworkable. 
They also said that Jack Smith's Florida classified documents trial set for May 20th and his separate March 4th D.C. trial regarding the so-called efforts to transfer to stop the transfer of power to Joe Biden uh, would make Trump and his lawyers have to be in two places at once. It's a physical impossibility. So Eileen Cannon not only signaled that she may postpone Trump's trial, she also had words for Jack Smith's prosecutors in court yesterday. According to Julie Kelly, who was at the hearing, Cannon asked Jack Smith's prosecutor for an example of the DOJ bringing two criminal cases against the same defendant in a compressed schedule while demanding trial dates 2.5 months apart. And the DOJ had no answer. They couldn't answer it because it's never been done before. Because they've recognized up until this point that it's actually 100% unfair. It's a violation of the civil rights of the defendant. And what we're seeing here has nothing to do with the rule of law, with justice, with any of that. This is all about election interference. And the more places that Donald Trump has to be at the same time, the less likely it is that him and his attorneys are going to be able to mount a solid defense. So, of course, uh, this is the best thing for President Trump. And I want to just thank Judge Cannon for her commitment not only to President Trump getting a fair trial, but a commitment to the rights and responsibilities of the court and having the respect for the Americans in a, in a world where all too often the court system here in America is stacked against the average person. Now, President Trump's lawyers dropped bombshell revelations about the Biden regime and Jack Smith in a recent classified documents hearing. Trump's lawyers attended a hearing in Fort Pierce, Florida earlier yesterday. And this was on whether or not Judge Cannon would agree to postpone the classified documents trial, which is scheduled for May of 2024. So Trump's lawyers dropped these revelations and Julie Kelly again was there. So she had this to say, and this is something we've been waiting for. President Trump's decisions in all of these cases were predicated upon the idea that, number one, he was president, uh, that he had privilege, uh, that uh, that any decisions he made was in the best interest of the country. And oftentimes those, those decisions were made given classified information that was not available to the general public. So Trump's lawyers told Judge Cannon that they discovered a June 2023 letter asking the DOE to remove Trump's active security clearance. This was a few weeks after Smith had handed down the classified documents indictment. That indicates that President Trump had a security clearance at the time that he was indicted. His lawyers also told Judge Cannon that they have evidence that the Biden White House had collaborated with the National Archives, with the DOJ, and intelligence agencies to determine which documents to include in Jack Smith's indictment. That means that the Biden White House oversaw the construction of this case to make it as damaging as possible, more than likely so that they could charge Donald Trump with the Espionage Act. In the same way that the Obama White House oversaw the spying into President Trump's campaign and his continuing administration, Joe Biden and his White House oversaw the cobbling together of this garbage case to try to destroy Donald Trump and keep him off the ballot. There is a trove of evidence that includes years worth of security footage from Mar-a-Lago. Also evidence of extensive communications between the White House, the National Archives, intelligence agencies, and the DOJ and Jack Smith prior to the indictment 
to determine which classified document files to include. President Trump still had DOE security clearance related to at least one charge documented as recently as June as 2023. And then the defense might include the Secret Service as a considered member of prosecution since they have their own security apparatus that is separate from Mar-a-Lago. Another bombshell. President Trump's lawyers have not seen any underlying evidence to back up the claims that 340 classified documents reviewed by Jack Smith are even still classified. Also, Jack Smith told the judge the classification review of those 340 or so documents had been completed. And the defense said they have memos confirming material is classified per Intel review, but no underlying evidence to support the claim. They're just saying, hey, trust me, Jack, this stuff is classified. Therefore, you can't see it. And therefore, we're going to put you in prison. President Trump's executive privilege had been obliterated by Joe Biden. The Biden White House, working directly with the Justice Department and the National Archives to facilitate the investigation into Trump's handling of documents, is confirmed by memos that were reviewed by investigative reporter John Solomon. And then the spokesperson for Joe Biden has repeatedly claimed that Joe had no knowledge of the raid and that he found out about it in the media. Bullshit. Bullshit. Now, according to the memos, the Biden White House instigated the criminal investigation by eliminating President Trump's executive privilege. The Joe Biden White House also paved the way for the Justice Department to arrest his political opponent after he retroactively revoked President Trump's executive privilege. And Biden revoking Trump's executive privilege opened the door for former president to be subpoenaed. And that subpoena then opened the door for the Justice Department to charge President Trump with federal crimes. John Solomon reported last August by May, White House Deputy Counsel Jonathan Sue conveyed to the archives that President Joe Biden would not object to waiving his predecessor's claims to executive privilege, which is a decision that opened the door for the DOJ to get a grand jury to issue a subpoena compelling Trump to turn over any remaining materials that he possessed from his presidency. And on May 10th of 2022, the acting national archivist Deborah Steidel Wall sent President Trump's lawyers a letter revealing that the Biden White House was involved. And according to John Solomon, within two weeks of Steidel Wall's letter to President Trump's lawyers, the DOJ sent a grand jury subpoena to President Trump's counsel demanding that he return documents stored at Mar-a-Lago. And then shortly after POTUS was subpoenaed, the feds showed up at Mar-a-Lago and retrieved some documents, and then they told the former president to put an extra lock on the storage locker. And then two months later, the FBI surrounded and descended upon Mar-a-Lago, rummaging through President Trump's personal belongings without allowing any lawyers in the area. A gross violation of his civil liberties. Of course, by November 22, after the raid on Mar-a-Lago, Jack Smith was appointed special counsel to investigate the documents stored at President Trump's residence. But by June of 2023, President Trump was indicted on 37 counts related to Smith's classified documents case, 31 counts for willful retention, and the other six counts included conspiracy to obstruct justice, withholding a document or record, corruptly concealing a document or record, concealing a document in a federal investigation, scheme to conceal false statements and representations. But the whole thing has been constructed by the Biden regime. It was made up from day one. 
it's always been about the election. So I'm actually hoping that Judge Eileen Cannon is going to throw this case out altogether because it's so clear that what they've done is seek to twist and pervert the laws of this country in order to protect the most criminal political dynasty in the history of our country. Joe Biden and his family, those people are treasonous. They are traitors to the United States of America. And 2024 is right around the corner. If they put President Trump in prison, if they take him off the ballot, if they somehow steal the 2024 election, if things don't turn around, then they'll be signing their own death warrant because there is no way the American people, I'm talking about the entirety of this country, nobody's going to believe that Joe Biden wins another election. 80% of the people don't believe it now that he won the first one. People will be out in the streets. And I don't mean in a physical capacity with Joe Biden's death warrant. I mean political, political death warrant. That man will not be able to hold office if he even makes it that long. But we, the people, are not going to stand quietly as they continue to set our nation on fire. Right now is the time to act, you guys. We've got to continue to educate. We've got to continue to expose. We've got to continue to work in our local jurisdictions to ensure that our elections are free, fair, and 100% legal. Because you better believe that they are working to ensure that they are anything but. All right, you guys, let me just say thank you to Floor Regio. Hey, Floor, Floor, I sent you an email. Can you please reply to it? So good to see you. She dropped a ship and an EMP. My goodness. Thank you so much, Floor. I hope that you're still here. I sent you an email. Uh, get back to me. And uh, also, J2 Dank, thank you for the can. Uh, Brewbark says they may need Nancy's permission to release internal house videos. Um, I think they already have them because they've got the they've already got the videos from the Capitol Police. And then you have the other security videos, which showed David DePape coming up into the house. So, uh, oh, you're saying maybe video from in the, the interior. OK, maybe that, that could be possible. Um, but I mean, Paul Pelosi lives there, too. So why would he need to get Nancy Pelosi subpoenaed to hand it over? Uh, Brubark says, oh, thank you again, Brubark. Just Ducky says, I needed some time to separate from everything, wading back into it, but glad to see everyone. Man, I'm really glad you're here. And Floor, I thank you so much for your generosity, the ship and the EMP. Man, that's incredible. Uh, Just Duckies says, uh, thank you very much for being here, Just Duckies. Sean Joe, thanks for the two cookies. And Brubark says, were they looking for a PEAD that confirmed continuity of government? I think they were probably looking for any number of secret documents that President Trump had detailing efforts to secure the nation, secure our government, and yes, perhaps including continuity of government. All right, you guys. Brenda's 29 said, Musk did not buy Twitter. It is a military operation. Well, I don't know. Uh, as far as uh, I'm concerned, Elon Musk is publicly the owner of Twitter. Where the money actually came from, I, I don't really think it's all that important. Uh, maybe it is exclusively a military operation, but we don't know that with 100% certainty, and I don't know that that will ever specifically be revealed. Uh, Andre says, hey, Zach, great stream. Is there some way I could DM you? Yeah, well, you can email me, redpill78 at protonmail.com. Uh, Floor, I'm not sure if I emailed you from my ProtonMail or from my Gmail. It might be from 
Rest in peace, rp78 at gmail.com. But if anybody out there wants to email me, you can go to my website, uh, redpill78news.com. Uh, go to the contact box, and then you pick your uh, uh, your reason for messaging me. You don't have to put your real phone number in there. Just put uh, you know a series of numbers, and it'll be fine. Uh, and then uh, I will either reply or just use the information that you sent to me. So Andre, yes, send me an email for sure. Uh, and I think that uh, I think that's it. Um, yeah, thank you very much. Uh, Floor says no email. Floorreachio at aol.com. Yeah, yeah, I, that's definitely what I emailed you on. Um, Okay, yeah, I'll send you an I'll send you an email right now from from my uh, my proton. All right, you guys, thank you very much. Appreciate you all. Let me pass out the gold pills, and uh, we will see you guys tomorrow. Uh, actually, you know what? I have an old friend who's coming into town. I'm not exactly sure if I'm going to be on the air tomorrow. I'm trying to move my Saturday guest to Friday. Uh, and then this uh, anonymous friend would actually be on stream with me on Saturday if this all works out. But if uh, I'm unable to move my Saturday guest, I may have to take Friday off because uh, he's going to be rolling in here at right about the time that I'd be going live. So I'll let you guys know. Maybe I'll do a short stream tomorrow during the day just to connect with you and and let you know where we're going to be. But the scratch offs have been released. I appreciate all of you. Floor, thank you so much. Appreciate you being here. Good luck, everyone. God bless. I will see you tomorrow.